You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's message is an audio conversation entitled, The Five-Fold Appeal to be Justified by Faith Alone. This is part one of three. Father, thank you for this evening, for this Lord's Day. May we make it about you. Teach us to know your word and your ways and realize that what you say is a lot more important than what we think. So help us follow you to seek out what you say, what's important to you. May those things be important to us. Help us to learn tonight. Discuss your word together so we can be more like Jesus. Please you and be people after your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we start going over the new Amish voice, the July issue, is there, are there any comments or questions from previous conference calls? or the Amish voice, or any things that you want to bring up or discuss or ask about? Anybody out there? Paul, if if no one has anything to say, I would like to uh, just say that I really appreciated what uh, John Regeer did for all of us. I I thought he did a phenomenal job, and uh, he's definitely a man blessed of God in the the, uh, area of counseling and I just felt like, you know, even the tone of his voice was so uh, healing and um, uh, just just really appreciated everything he had to share with us. And uh, I I also appreciated the ones that opened up and shared um, some of the struggles they were going through. I I think um, probably one of the areas that we fail in the most is putting on a mask and trying to be somebody we're not. And usually it just takes one or a couple people to start talking openly and honestly, and the rest of us um, soon join in, and we realize uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, every single one of us, regardless of our background, regardless of our denomination. We have all come short of God's glory, and um, uh, when a few of them stand out, uh, it makes all of us search our hearts and challenges us to to uh, yield to the Holy Spirit and let him do the work that we cannot do on our own. So I just wanted to share that. I just uh, uh, I really appreciated it. Yeah, and as Christians, it helps us to realize, too, like, John Regeer said, when somebody opens up with a problem, they don't want to hear you're wrong. They already know that. They want to know how they can be helped. So it helps us to learn how to be more sensitive and caring about people as Christians ought to be. Just to review, the first couple Amish voices, Galatians is all about justification by faith. So what are some of your answers for how someone can be justified? Is there Some of you might have different ideas or disagree with what the Amish voice said, so how can one be justified in God's sight? How how can you make it to heaven? So how are you going to get to heaven? We can only get to heaven through Jesus Christ, through his grace, by exercising our faith in behalf of what he's done. 
he did the total, total thing. All right. Anybody want to add to that or disagree or have a different thought or question? I, I agree very much with what uh, the lady just said. Uh, I believe the Bible is very clear in various places that uh, that was the reason that Jesus died on the cross was to save us from our sins because we couldn't do it. Scripture is in clear in that what the law was not able to do, Christ did for us. In other words, uh, the law was given to Moses for God's chosen people, um, but it never the law never made them right. In a sense, it was just a gauge to show them who they really are, uh, how we come short of following God. So that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to pay the ultimate price, the complete price, and uh, therefore, we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so what do you say then if people say, well, then we don't need works? Well, the Bible talks about you need works, too. Does that mean we just do what we want? What part, what part does works play in salvation, if any? I was just going to say I see grace and works, both components of the Christian life. I think what I used to do is try to get my works in front of the grace, <clears throat> and it's like cart before the horse, trying to think that the wagon's the horse. I really have the horse when I really have the grace of God because of his great love to me and because of my response to that love. I will want to do the works of him that redeemed me. I will want to manifest his work. So that's how I see it. Amen. Yes, Paul, I believe that's a very good question because that's that's a question that comes up in everybody's mind. So if we are justified by faith in what Jesus did on the cross, so where do works come in? I think it was a good answer the lady gave, but, uh, you know, the Bible is clear on that. Um, what Jesus did is a foundation for us to live the rest of our life on. Um, and we do, we have good works because of what Christ did for us. In other words, according to the Bible, when we have, uh, when we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have become part of a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And as a part of his kingdom, we follow and obey the rules of his kingdom. It's no more for salvation, but it's because of who we are. It's because of who we are in Christ. It's because of who we are as identified with the kingdom. And, you know, that's that's pretty basic, really, because you can go to, there are still countries that have kings, and that's called a kingdom. And you, when you're a part of that, you're expected to obey the laws of the country, to follow the laws of the country. Now, that, to obey and follow the laws of the country does not make you a citizen of the country. It's just what you do because you're a part of the country. That's a very good illustration. Excellent. I was just looking here in James chapter 2 because obviously uh, uh, James was dealing with the very same question that we are dealing with. And uh, in verse 17, he speaks about a dead faith. And, and if there's a dead faith, then there's also a life faith. So in this case, it says, even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. And I think we all, you know, we're, we're only able to judge from what we see, not by what is, hap what happened on the inside of that person. And since we can only go by what we can see, we judge that person by 
the works that they do. If there's no works or if, or if the works are dead, as it's described in James, then we tend to lean toward that person uh, by their actions cannot be born again. A, a live faith, a real faith, one who, one who placed his faith in Jesus Christ and was born again will have good works that follow. The works are, are alive. People can see it. And, and, and I think, I think that's, that's really what we're dealing with. The Bible teaches we don't do works in order to become born again. But those who are born again do works because now we please a new master. We're different. We have a new nature. Where we naturally want to do what's good. And remember, the, the purpose of these conference calls, too, is not just to give opinions of here's what I think, here's what you think, and debate that. But for all of us together, it's to seek what God says. Yeah. Isaiah said, seek out the book of the Lord and read. And Jesus said, search the scriptures. And we're told all throughout the Bible to go to the Bible. And so this is where we can all learn. Not just what I was taught about salvation and being born again, but to be sure that what we were taught is what the Bible says. So, anybody have any other comments before we start into the Amish Voice article? Yes, just uh, real quick. I think, you know, we are in the book of Galatians, and I believe the book of Galatians is a very good example of exactly what we're talking about. In in Paul's day, when he came to the city of Galatia and preached the gospel, uh, there were Jews there that believed. These were Jews that were under the law of Moses, that were keeping the law of Moses. Uh, There were Jews and, and, and Gentiles, both, I believe, but they got saved. And the book of Galatians is really a letter that Paul wrote back to them later after they had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior by faith in him, had been saved. Uh, They have begun turning back to works. They have begun preaching works for salvation. And in in chapter 3 of Galatians, Paul uses some pretty strong language. He calls them foolish Galatians. And in verse 3 he says, are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? He's, he's, he's asking a question. Okay, you've been saved through faith, through by the Spirit. And, and so are you saying now that you're going to perfect that salvation with your works? He said, have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Um, in other words, why do you turn back to, try, to works, to... to how can you add to your salvation that has already been done with works? So this is this is not a new question. This is a question that was has come up ever since the early church. But uh, this is you know Galatians is a good book to read uh, about those questions, answer those questions. Right, and that's what this passage in the this issue of the Amish Voice is about. It's from Galatians 4 verses 8 through 11, and I'll read it. Howbeit then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days, and months, and times, and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. And so that's what Paul says. You started out well. You knew the truth. Why would you want to return again to the bondage? You are set free in Christ. Why would you want to go back again to being under the law and under the rules when you were free? So the article starts out, and I'll read the first couple sentences, then we can discuss it. A person is justified by faith, 
and not by law nor by works. It does not matter how many good works a person does, nor how good he may become. He can never secure perfection. Therefore a man can never earn or win the right to live in God's presence. A man cannot make God accept him, put God in debt, by being good and doing good. So that's a lot to think about when you see so many people trying hard to please God and never knowing for sure if it's if what they've done is good enough. They're under bondage. They're serving a hard master, never knowing if their works are going to be good enough to please God until they die. But what does the Bible say about that? The Bible says it's a, it's a sin to turn back and place ourselves under that yoke of bondage. In, well, uh, in believing that, that works will save us, it's a sin. And he, and he says in chapter 1, he says, even if an angel would come and preach any other gospel but what we've preached, let him be accursed. And I looked that word up once. It, it, it's the word accursed means damned. Let that person be damned. If anyone from the outside would come in and try to preach any other gospel than this gospel we have um, uh, given to you, let him be damned. So, so it's it's a very serious matter. Right, and we have whole religions now based upon an angel supposedly coming and giving a new revelation. And if they would only look at the true gospel in that verse, they would know that... It doesn't matter if the angel came. If it's not from God and not according to God's word, it's false. So we have to be sure that what we believe is what the Bible really says. And we can't do that unless we seek and search the scriptures. It's our eternity at stake and the eternity of our friends and family members. So we need to be sure we get this one right. And God makes a big deal out of it. So we ought to pay attention. I was just thinking, you know, we should, I guess I'd just like to reaffirm that I know not one of us is against good works. We are just as much for good works uh, as anybody, but I think we're specifically talking about salvation. We cannot bring anything to the cross with us. We have nothing to offer God. We have all come short of God's uh, glory or his requirement. Uh, We cannot even, in other words, we cannot bring even 1% or one-tenth of 1% with us to the cross. We have nothing. It's only by faith that we trust that what Jesus did for us on the cross is meets the requirement for our sin and salvation. So the article continues, this is justification. This is the way a person becomes acceptable to God. Justification by faith in Jesus Christ has been proven. All right, so what does if we're justified by faith in Christ, does that mean every other way is wrong? What if somebody teaches that you're saved by justification by faith and works, or by how much good you do? Is that right? Is that would we take a chance on our eternity by believing what's been taught to us that's different than what Galatians says? If there's only one way, then we need to be sure we follow that way. Yeah. There's Martin Luther again. He when he was in the monastery. He found a copy of the Bible because they didn't use it that much. Back then, the priest didn't. And he was the best monk they ever had. He would not eat. He would not sleep. He would beat himself with a whip. He would try as hard as he could. And no matter what he did, he knew he wasn't justified, that God wasn't pleased with him. Maybe he didn't do it hard enough, or maybe he wasn't trying as hard as he could. He knew no matter what he tried, no matter how hard he worked, how many prayers he said, how many rules of the his church leaders, the monks and priests and bishops he would follow, he could never be sure. 
that God was pleased with him. And that's why these verses can give us a lot of hope. For verses like 1 John 5, where it says, These things have I written, that you may know that you have eternal life. I've heard some people say that, that, how can we say that? How can we say that I know I'm going to heaven? But it's really a simple matter. If if I'm talking to a friend about buying something, and I need $100, and I see a homeless man, and I tell him, and he says, Well, come back tomorrow, and I'll give it to you. And then I go back to my friend and say, I'm going to get the money tomorrow from the homeless guy. That's presumptuous. That's me trusting in a guy that from his life, he doesn't have the money. Or me thinking I'm going to get it. But if I go to my father, if he's rich, and he says, come to me tomorrow and I'll give you the money, that's not proud at all. That's confidence, not in myself and in my works, but confidence in somebody else that I know isn't going to fail me. And if my confidence is in my own works, then of course it's pride and presumptuous to think I'm going to do enough to get to heaven, because I never can. David said if God keeps track of our good works, nobody's going to make it. But if our confidence is in Jesus and our faith is in Him, that's not pride in myself, that's trust in Him. We can be confident because we're not trusting in ourselves. Wow. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.